0: Hello, Mike. Hi, Gray. I feel like last show, we really clarified something. Mm-hmm. You know what's about to begin? Season two of Cortex. We did our clip show stroke looking back on mm-hmm. Cortex last time, and we talked about a bunch of things. And one of them was talking about this idea that we, you and I are sort of meeting for lunch and we're discussing our working lives and talking things through and how... For both of us, this is a beneficial process. It's yeah. like talking about the thing that you're doing helps you do things better. Even if you're not explicitly talking about how to make your working life better. And this is one of these things like I find... I have this kind of conversation with lots of people in my life. And I feel like this is a learned kind of skill. But it's it's something that almost sounds so banal that people don't recognize it as a skill the little just thinking in the background about how you work and running it over every once in a while and thinking about how things go and there was a there was a particular comment from the reddit that i really liked that i I felt like summed this up and also pointed out the learned nature of this skill and it was a comment from logic 42 who said the thing I've learned from Cortex is introspection. Before Cortex, I just did things. I didn't think about the process of getting things done. By simply considering the meta problem, I began to see ways to improve. And I feel like I feel like that's what we're doing here, Mike. Mm-hmm. You and I were engaged in the meta process and hopefully we're we're bringing listeners along with us on this ride. And from this comment in the Reddit, I feel like it is evidence that we are accomplishing this thing.
1: So you mentioned, you mentioned it last time, you mentioned it this time, the idea of, of me and you just basically having our lunches, but mm-hmm. with Skype in the middle, mm-hmm. you know, where we just sit down and talk about the way that we work. And that has been rattling around in my brain quite a lot. And I'm thinking about trying to find ways to incorporate that that kind of process into the show even more than before. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons is not everybody in their lives has this person that they're able to talk to. So we actually help fulfill that for a lot of people, I think, right? Like as, as is pointed out by logic 42, it's just, sometimes it's just hearing these conversations helps people.
0: Yeah. That's a, that's a real, that's a real, I don't know. I don't know how to explain this very well, but like, I'm I'm not a big believer in like the abstract notion of like like the self help section of a bookstore, right? Which I think is mostly garbage mm-hmm. and fraudery. Why don't you say what you really think? <laughs> Hucksterism. <laughs> right? But but I think there is like I have found in my own life there was there was real value to hearing people explaining their thought process about why they do a thing.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And I'm I'm aware of, like, when I listen to podcasts, that is something I am always really interested in. It's like, oh, I want to hear somebody explain their reasons for doing a thing. Even if it's like, oh, you have no interest in doing that thing, or you have no interest in that person directly. Like, it's, there's, I think there is, benefit to being just like exposed to this person who's just explaining something and i have found that there is advantage in hearing someone just like talk through their working process which then just ends up making me think about the way that i do things and the other the other thing that i have i have found is is like it is a somewhat rarer skill than I might have first imagined in the world. Like it, it was a thing I was really aware of in, in my working life that I found a lot of my colleagues just didn't fall into that category of, of like doing doing that meta problem analysis. Like thinking about why things happen as opposed to giving an answer like, oh, well, we just always do things this way or like or just sticking with the, the first way that a, that a thing is being done. So that's why I I find it useful to talk to somebody else, like yourself. Mm -hmm. And I I think that it is is useful to listen to other people doing the same thing, even if you're not a part of that conversation. Because that's something that I have been doing for years myself with podcasts.
1: Yeah, about a year ago, I read this article on Motherboard about professional wrestling podcasts. And Mm -hmm. the idea is that, and the headline says it all, really... Podcasts are group therapy sessions for pro wrestling fans. (laughs) With the idea being that most people that like professional wrestling tend not to have somebody else in their life that also likes it.
0: Right, right.
1: So professional wrestling podcasts are so popular and they are massively popular because these people don't get to talk to anybody else about it. So they get to listen to the podcasts that other people make about this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I expect that there is a kind of weird similarity between those shows and this show in that i don't know how many people that listen to this show really have somebody else in their life that they can talk to about their to-do system right (laughs) right but if people get that enjoyment out of listening to me and you chat about it we have i think we have this very similar thing with the pen addict as well Mm -hmm. you know how many people do you know in your life that really love pens like at a very very deep level well, right. me and Brad do, you know. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's it's a similar kind of thing.
0: Yeah, it, it. I think that's that's definitely the case. And like, I know sometimes when we're recording the show, I have a real feeling of. I know that a much younger version of myself would listen to this show, right? Like, I like I'm I'm aware of that as a thing, that I feel like, particularly with the boom of of podcasts, like in the last five years. I feel like this, this was not a thing that was around, particularly like when I was a kid was being able to hear people just kind of like talk through a bunch of stuff. And I know like that is definitely something I would have listened to when I was younger. And, and so that's, that's like, that's what's happening here. Like we've, because I feel like sometimes when people describe like what the, what the show is, they'll sometimes say like, oh, it's a productivity show. And even right from the start, I've always felt like that, that is never, it's never quite sat right with me for for what this show is but I've never been able to figure out a better a better way to describe it quickly and and we still may not have a good way to describe the show quickly but I think something about this idea of like this open lunch conversation that is around the topic of our working lives like that that is a more accurate description of what the show is and it's really it's really like gelled something in my mind about what we're doing here
1: and it only took 50 episodes to work it out so that's pretty good
0: yeah like yeah that's the thing like hey listen (laughs) if you're out there and you're starting a podcast let this be a lesson to you you may go for quite a while before you feel like oh i really know what i'm doing here (laughs)
1: This episode of Cortex is brought to you by our friends over at FreshBooks. We spend so much time on this show talking about what it's like to work independently. This can be whether you're a freelancer, whether you run your own company. It doesn't matter what it is. You're going to have people that you need to send invoices to. And this is what FreshBooks does to make your life easier. FreshBooks understand the challenges of people that work independently and also understand now that people work on the internet, that the internet has created opportunities and jobs that could have never existed before. And so FreshBooks have designed their platform to work that way. They want to make you productive and organized whilst also letting you get paid quickly. You can jump into FreshBooks and have an invoice sent out in just 30 seconds. You build them all in a great interface and you'll see those invoices exactly. How your client will when they arrive in their inbox. And when they do, you'll be able to track every step. You'll be able to see when it's opened. You can even see if it's been printed, and then you'll see when it gets paid. And FreshBooks customers get paid up to four days faster than anybody else because they allow you to set up online payments so, so simply. I have been using FreshBooks since we started Relay FM. We have sent over a thousand invoices with them now, and I am happy every single time I do it. FreshBooks makes this job so much easier. I really, really love and cannot recommend enough their product. Freshbooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to listeners of this show. Just go to freshbooks.com/cortex and enter cortex in the how you heard about us section so they will know that you came to them from this show. Thank you so much to Freshbooks for their support of Cortex and Relay FM. Why don't we talk about productivity a little bit, just the idea of that phrase and what it means? Mhm. Because in the same way that people refer to this show as being a productivity show, I think it's it's it was useful for me and you to try and explain what we actually think that term even really means and how <laughs> it applies to us. Because productivity, I think, is very frequently mixed up with the term of being a workaholic. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that 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 works very well. I've never considered myself a workaholic Mm -hmm. because I actually don't know if that is being productive. Mm -hmm. You know, like the idea of getting in to the office at 8am and leaving at seven because you're just so busy Mm -hmm. that never sat with me. For me, it was always about like, how can I get out of here at five? (laughs) And that was the, that was me being productive. It's like I need to get out of this office as close to five o'clock as possible. Mm-hmm. How do I get from here at nine a.m. to there at five? That was productivity for me.
0: Yeah that 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 was that was my exact same thing when I was being a teacher was was that like when the when the kids go home I want to be going home in like twenty minutes after that happens tops it's a sprint <laughs> and it's it, like. I really, I really do. Like like there, there are, there are some, there are some elements of my personality, which obviously like you just, you just have like, they've just been with me for forever. But I think that that part of being in the working world really honed for me, like and, and forged a particular idea of, of like how I think about a lot of things related to work. It's like, what I'm looking for here is maximum effectiveness in minimum amount of time toward a goal and the goal is to go home right as fast as possible yep and yeah like spent so much time thinking about all of these various ways to save seconds on a thing right that like that would add up overall like, but that's it's a very different question from like raw output i think i don't know if i've mentioned it before but one of my favorite examples of trying to save time was like thinking about the meta thing is my least favorite part of the job was writing reports for the kids, which is a whole like long complicated thing. And there's, there was so many things I did to try to streamline this process, but the best bang for the buck ever was I had to sign every one of these profiles for the kids. And I thought one day, will anybody notice and or care if when I print them off of the printer, I just put my signature directly on there so it's just printed off
1: the part of the template
0: yeah on a template and i played around with it a little bit so that the the signature printing ink looked as as real as i could make a signature look by also lightening the whole rest of the document so it looks like i'm signing with a slightly darker pen than is being <laughs> printed right and it's like yeah you laugh right but it matters because what am i doing here like i'm trying to see if anyone will care about this thing which doesn't make any difference right like is the profile any better if i personally sign it no, because I've been working. Like, I'm, I'm working on this thing anyway. And that, w- that was a thing I did. And it's like, man, I don't know how many hours of time that saved me. But the answer was a lot where, like, things would come back and they're like, oh, you haven't signed this or I don't have to sit down and do it. That to me is like a pure example of a productivity win. It's like, doesn't affect the output at all and decreases the amount that I have to do to actually get this thing done.
1: So when I was managing a bank branch... I had to sign probably more things than you, right? Because I'm going to guess so. I don't know if you know, but basically the the branch manager basically puts their signature on everything. Right. You're a signature (laughs) machine. Isn't that what they've actually hired? (laughs) So I changed my signature. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I just made it this like little squiggle Mm -hmm. as opposed to anything that would even slightly resemble my name Mm -hmm. because I was unhappy with the amount of time that it would take for me to sign everything. Yep. Kids, that is productivity right there. Yeah. That is what we think productivity
0: yeah. is. And you will not be surprised to hear that I did the exact same thing upon becoming a teacher. <laughs> I was very, very quickly realized that writing out G-R-E-Y in a legible way is not worth my time. Yeah. And my signature became a recognizable G with a line that dipped briefly to like vaguely indicate that maybe there's a Y here and then continued onward. And it's like, yep, that's it. Good enough it's identifiable enough when we need to go through the paperwork so we know who signed what, but it's, it's like the minimum amount of time it can possibly take. It's like, I'm not precious about my signature. <laughs> like, the hell with you.
1: <laughs> do you have a different signature when you sign autographs?
0: Uh, you might not want to answer that question. I don't know. Well, the, the, okay. So the, the tricky thing with the autographs is I feel, I feel compelled to include my initials when I do the autograph. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah right. Yeah. So it, It takes long, but the, the, the gray is very similar to my teacher signature. It's perhaps a little less stylized Mm -hmm. because I feel, I feel like there's, there's, there's a moment of, there's a moment of importance. Like when someone has asked you to sign a thing, like that's a moment. You want to take a bit of time on that. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's like a, it's also like a strange amount of pressure. (laughs) And so while I just, I just pay more attention, right. Whereas when I had to sign stuff professionally, it's like. Ah, whatever, like you just need an indication that I've seen this piece of paper. It doesn't need to actually look good. Whereas I feel like signing a thing is a slightly different domain area that it has to, it has to look better.
1: So me and you talking about work is not necessarily the same as talking about productivity. And it's one of the reasons that every now and then we talk about video games <laughs> because the productivity enables the video games. Right. Yeah. So it's the whole thing. It's the whole piece.
0: Yeah. It's 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 like just just like just like you were saying. You know, you want to get out at five. I wanted to leave as soon after the children leave as possible. It's like the thing, the thing that has carried through from that is is this idea that the work is in service of some other goal. Mm-hmm. And my feeling has always been like the goal that I am aiming for is to build a life. That I want to live, and a life that I want to live is is not the same thing as producing the maximum number of videos that is possible. Like these these things are in these things are in conflict. It's like I want to make videos, but I feel like all of all of my thoughts around work and g- gradations and the tools we talk about and everything we've ever done is is a question about effectively making videos in a sustainable way in the long term and and that's not the same thing necessarily as being productive in the way that you talk about like an economy is productive which means like every year the amount of copper forged goes up like that's a that's a very different way i do think it's interesting that people sometimes conflate these things and i feel like it's it's an interesting thing that is sometimes hard hard to con- convey is this is this idea of like I, yes i'm very concerned with the effectiveness of work but that question is not necessarily related to the volume of work
1: when you see me talking about video games you can feel very <laughs> assured that i have been productive <laughs> Right, and I feel like that statement it could be could be written with either of our names underneath it, because mm-hmm. it is yeah. like if I am able to do this, it means I've taken care of the rest, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and it is like that the, the productivity, the idea of getting the work done, what that is, like it is in service of that, mm-hmm. and it's the that's what year of less was, mm-hmm. and it's what you know I I'm six months into my year of less and haven't really paid much attention to it.
0: I was going to ask about how that was going, but I am question. again. <laughs> it
1: popped up in my head the other day because uh, I realised that I have a much smaller appetite for being a part of new projects, hmm. like Relay FM can be and is, but my involvement, my like day-to-day direct involvement, i.e., as a host. Mm -hmm. That appetite is going down over time.
0: So you're talking about your desire to do new shows. Yes. Mm -hmm.
1: My problem is... My... Appetite for new ideas can never be filled. And so I have been paying attention to this and doing a couple of different things. One is... I'm trying my best to not start new things. Mm-hmm. Right. That like things pop up in my head, opportunities come my way. And I think about them a lot more deeply than I would have in the past. Like, and if something doesn't feel like a complete no brainer, then I, I spend more time thinking about it. Like I've, I have spent too much time in my career over the last seven years of, of allowing myself to be completely taken by a whim. Mm -hmm. And some of those things have turned out to be great and some of them haven't been. And I need to do a better job, and I am doing a better job, of trying to quantify these decisions of a scale that is better than just excitement level. Mm -hmm. Because what I am trying to avoid is an inevitable burnout. And then a slashing of projects because I enjoy all of my current projects. That's why I do them. But if I add much more on top of that, that's going to be a problem. So, one of the other things that I've done to prepare myself for this is what I've been speaking about for months is like getting help. Mm-hmm. You know, having an assistant now who helps me has been a great way to help with this. Because what I'm doing is staving off the burnout with my current project level. Right. That's what I've done. I've secured that. So all of the stuff that I'm currently doing, I now feel less pressure than I did maybe three or four months ago about my current workload.
0: This is exactly the thing that I was going through last year with Year of Less, right? Like, Is, is this exact thing of feeling like needing to have more specific reasons to pick up a, a side project for example right or needing to be able to to take parts of the job and try to hand them to somebody else like in like i want to before about this idea of like trying to build a life that you want to live like i f- i find it i find it really effective when thinking about my working life and this has always been the case right from the start is the most effective thing is to try to eliminate or reduce the thing that you dislike as as opposed to what is often the more um compelling part which is to add a new more exciting thing right and and i and i have found that 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 is definitely held true for me that's like time is better invested recognizing and eliminating or outsourcing parts of the business that I don't like or that are causing me stress like that, that is way better for building a life that I want to live than adding a new thing that I'm super excited about. Like I I think excitement is almost like it's, it's good. It's good to have about a project, but I think at a certain point when you, you have a bunch of things that are successful, it, it can quickly become a kind of, I don't know, like a red herring that you're always chasing is like excitement alone at a certain point does not become enough to justify working on a thing when you're already working on a whole bunch of things. Like you you have to start thinking about stuff in in a much more ruthless way.
1: I actually have a related Ask Cortex question. So Jason wrote in about side projects to say... Do they get really bored or distracted and find themselves moving on to something new very constantly before finishing current projects, leaving behind Mm -hmm. like a trail of unfinished things? Mm -hmm. So Jason asked, "Do you have any tips for getting over the slump that comes after the initial excitement?" Now the reason I find these two things to be connected is in just what you were saying, right? Like that it's way too easy to be attracted by that bright light that new mm-hmm. shiny thing and go to it. Mm-hmm. So something that I have been doing over the last six months or so, one of, one of the things that I've been thinking about with my balance is to find excitement in existing projects. So to like manufacture for myself new things to do mm-hmm. and to find things within those projects to make exciting to, to mm-hmm. find new experiences or new ways of thinking about something that I'm currently doing or shaking something up. Like, I have been a real proponent over the stuff that I've done in my podcasting career of uh, rebranding shows and repackaging shows. You know, if, if I have gotten tired of a, of a show format to, like, shake it up, give it a new name, give it a new coat of paint, and give myself the ability to, to kind of jump in and reboot it before it gets too samey for me. Mm-hmm. So like I've in the past, like I used to do this interview show every week, right? I think it had four different names over its like three or four year career <laughs> because it was like a way for me to give something a kickstart again and to kind of push forward, right? And and so I, it's really difficult to... Find these things, but it's just something that I've been trying to pay more and more attention to—to to like take the projects that work really well and add new stuff to it as a way to try and keep me interested in and invested.
0: Yeah, I mean, related to the the other part of the question uh, about you know how, how do you how do you not have a, a, a graveyard of un, unfinished things? Is like, well, we all have graveyards of unfinished things. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I have I have a graveyard of unfinished things. It, Vast. Yours is bigger than most. Right, I think vast, vast Arlington Cemetery of unfinished things. Uh, it's it's enormous. But but one of the things that I I measure is thinking about you know changes that I made last year about being more ruthless with the kind of projects that I take on, and what I feel really good about is in the last you know since starting the year of less, I have gotten way better at what ends up in that graveyard? Like I feel better about those projects as opposed to taking on a bunch of stuff that, even if it worked out, would have just continued to add to my workflow. So I think like one of the biggest things that has made a, made a huge difference for me is, is like thinking about new projects. they have they have to be in the category of things that can be completed so that they they are finished at a particular date. Things that can be handed off largely to somebody else, or things that add an extremely minimal amount of work for a very good payoff. And it's like when I look at my graveyard of of unfinished things, those projects are much more in, in that domain than they are like, oh let me start up a whole brand new thing which would give me a whole brand new job to do if it turns out to be successful so th- there is a way to think about the quality of the things going into the graveyard not just the number of tombstones that are there it's like what is buried matters as opposed to just the fact that a thing was buried happened like i, th- I think it's crazy to try to avoid to avoid that like and th- and there's also there's also the side effect of like you just don't know where things are going to go sometimes and th- thinking about my, um, my current year, right, the year of redirection, like I am really happy with a bunch of the decisions that I have made about how to, how to run my business this year have directly led to having a bunch of free time to be able to noodle around with projects that may or may not turn into anything. But I feel like I, I have a better ability to dedicate a bunch of time to a thing that seems interesting even if I'm not exactly sure where it's going to go and, and to just evaluate it a little bit before thinking about it really seriously. So it's, 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 a, it's, a, hard, it's a hard thing to to answer, but I, I do think the graveyard of unfinished things is, is important to keep growing. You just need to be mindful about how it is growing, like what kinds of things are going in there. Like, are things going in there that, like, let's be honest, you were never really going to do? Like, oh, like that that Mandarin course, right? You got Rosetta Mandarin and you were going to learn that. Like, was that really going to happen? Uh, Probably not. Like, that doesn't seem like a good project.
1: So how much value are you extracting from live streaming your truck? (laughs) 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 Because, you know, you talk about minimal work. I know you spent a significant amount of time attempting to... uh, Troubleshoot that thing.
0: Okay. Okay. All right. So I think I think this is I'm actually being mean. Right. <laughs> no. 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 You're not being mean. You're not being mean. I think this is this is a great example because, like, let me take a moment to explain something that is probably not obvious to the people who are watching the streaming. So, the streaming that has been happening in the last couple of weeks is totally 100 an example of. Me changing things to have more free time to be able to dump a bunch of time in a very narrow window into a single project, which is like, I'm gonna figure out how to stream. <laughs> which turned out to be more of a technical challenge than I than I expected it would be, right? But the the whole way this started is like I can actually point I can actually point to the exact video, which is uh Hank Green of Vlogbrothers and VidCon and Crash Course and a million things. Very productive man. Yeah, he's like the Richard Branson of the internet. He just can't stop creating new things. Uh, Hank did a a video on his um, on his personal channel, Hank's channel, where he was just going through some of the uh, statistics for the YouTube channels that he runs, and he was just like talking talking through this. And I thought, like, oh, this is, this is exactly the kind of thing I'm really interested in to see a little bit of the data behind somebody else's business. And I, and I went to go watch it. And the thing that kicked off my, my whole streaming was watching him in the very first few minutes, just simply setting up what he was going to do as a live stream, because he didn't pre-record that video. He was just going to go through it live and like take questions from people in the comments and talk about some stuff. And as dumb as this sounds, because like, okay, so I am a person who is not, watch streams i'm not really into streaming i feel like i never really got it but i was watching him do the pre-setup and something about that suddenly clicked where i could see before the sh- the show was quote ready he was obviously using some kind of software to arrange all the windows just the way he wanted to put a little overlay on it so that it looked nice and it's, it's the simplest thing in the world but it was a thing that suddenly clicked in my head of like ah okay I had somehow always thought that streaming was simply recording the computer screen as you're looking at it, which always seemed like a huge hassle from my perspective. But seeing that like, oh, there's a tool to set this up. What I found about that was like, I, I don't know when, I don't know where, I don't know how, but something about this feels like a skill that I should add to my repertoire of things that I can do on the internet. And this is like, I feel like my whole career is based on trusting some instincts in my brain, like recognizing a certain kind of interest. And and this was definitely one of those things of realizing like, I don't know where or when this might be useful, but I think it would be good to know how to stream so that if I ever want to do it, I don't have to, at that moment, invest several days in messing around with the software and figuring out how to make everything look right and getting it all done. And so, the truck streaming project, while it's partly just fun and interesting to try to do the truck streaming, one of the main purposes of that project is I want to have another tool in my tool belt. I don't necessarily have a purpose for it now, but I have a gut feeling that maybe at some point, I will want to know how to do this and, and be able to do it immediately. And I'm like, I'm investing that time now.
1: This is so funny to me.
0: Why? Because
1: what you had watching Hank is what I had watching you. So when I saw you doing it and realized, like, you were talking about the tools that you were using. hmm I then realized, oh, this isn't what I thought it was. Right. I could do that. Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. I can't. That's so funny, because like I, it's been in my head. I can't get it out of my head. Like I keep, I keep looking at these like streaming boxes and stuff, mm-hmm. and I just want to show
0: everybody how I play Zelda. Right. <laughs> but this is this is a perfect example of, you know, last year Gray wouldn't really have had the time to guilt-free just do this, and like, and I, I know I'm like I'm always mentioning side projects, and like there's a bunch of stuff that people just don't see like there's two of the things I'm working on which is like people just don't see but this is an example of a, a thing that people can see but I, I just don't think it's I think a lot of the people watching it aren't aware of like what is what is it that I'm doing here and and this is what I'm doing I'm intentionally trying to add a skill to the list of things that I can do on the internet like and, and as as a self-employed person who like cobbles together a bunch of skills to, to make it work together in a productive way, like this just seems to me like a skill that I should definitely have ready to go, e- even if I'm not using it intensely at any particular moment.
1: I think anybody that is self-employed should or does have this about them, especially if you work in a mm-hmm. creative space. Because at any point, the thing that you do could go away. Yeah. And having a vast skill set, which you can apply to other things, is very important. It is the reason that I started making YouTube videos.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, a, that's exactly, that's a great comparison, right? Is You just, you want to be aware of other things. And the, the other thing as well is like, aside from just trying to figure out technically how to do a thing there was a real part of my brain which just felt like i don't understand streaming on the internet as in i don't really understand why people watch streams i don't understand really what's going on on the streams it's just it's like, it was just outside of my domain of expertise but i also think like this this is an important meta skill to cultivate is curiosity over dismissal right like it's it's really easy to dismiss things as like, oh, whatever those people are doing. Like they're watching people play video games live. Like, isn't that dumb? Right? But it's like, is it dumb? Or do you just not understand what they're doing? And and I feel like that was also part of this process. Is like, I want to have an intuitive understanding of what this is. And I think I have a much better understanding of it now than I did before I started. It's very difficult to articulate. I feel I feel in this in the same way that like I've always said, like, with teacher training, there's just so much stuff you just have to do in a classroom, like, that no amount of learning ahead of time will actually prepare you for it. Like, you just have to be in charge of a bunch of kids before you really get what teachers mean when they say, like, consistency is really important. It's like, but you don't understand until you're there. And I feel like there was something similar about that with the streaming. Like, I don't feel like I I get it 100% yet, but I feel like um. 75 percent of the way there but it's very difficult to articulate because it's just a thing that you have to do and and that is what's going on in in this side project of mine is skill acquisition and feeding curiosity about new things that are coming along instead of just ignoring them potentially to the detriment of my business in the future This episode of Cortex is brought to you in part by Audible. Audible has an unmatched selection of audio content, from thrilling novels to fascinating nonfiction to content from newspapers and magazines. If you want it, Audible has got it. Whether you're looking to add a little more excitement to your commute or you're finding a way to make laundry more bearable, which I certainly listen to Audible while doing the laundry, they're the place to go. You can't make more time, but you can make the most of it, and you can turn your chores into something more with a free trial at Audible. If you're looking for a book to listen to and the conversations from a few episodes ago about uh, me looking into Scrum sound interesting to you, then one of the main books about Scrum, called The Art of Doing Twice the Work in Half the Time by Jeff Sutherland, is available on Audible. You can check it out with your free trial just go to audible.com slash cortex to get started today. That's audible.com slash cortex, C-O-R-T-E-X, to find out more and start your free Audible trial today. Thanks to Audible for their support of this show.
1: The people have spoken, Gray.
0: I don't think it's legitimate, Mike, because you riled them up. It doesn't matter. They,
1: (laughs) They needed to know first. And once I let them know... They, they felt the need to request in droves, in waves of, of Cortex listeners want to know why you left the iPhone SE and went back to the iPhone 7.
0: I, I just want to, again, get it on record here that I feel like you fomented a mob, right? That's, that's what you did last time.
1: I think that that's really unfair for you to refer to our <laughs> listeners that way. <laughs> oh,
0: don't you turn this around. <laughs> uh, all I'm doing,
1: I'm just trying to provide them with some information to let them choose, you know? We didn't hear from anyone that specifically said they didn't want to hear about this.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 no, that's right. Because that's who, that's who you hear tons from, is the people who don't want to hear about a thing.
1: <laughs> if they really don't want to, they'll tell you,
0: you yeah, know? That's, no, they don't. You never, you never get the people who say no. I, I feel like the silent majority, they're not being represented here, but... I don't know, Mike, I feel like I'm... I feel so hesitant to tell this story because I feel like it's a tale of woe, right? A tale of woe, and there have been many tales of woe about Apple stuff. That's <laughs> partly why like, I just I sort of haven't wanted to talk about it. So I don't I don't know where to begin.
1: How long ago did you move away from the iPhone SE?
0: Uh, okay, so it was, it was actually like days before, you. Spotted me using the iPhone 7. Caught you. Okay, if you want to use the word caught, if you want to frame this in a particular way, you go right ahead.
1: Well, all I remember is the look on your face when I asked you what that was, and then you just looked at me, and you said you didn't want to talk about it, and then you put it (laughs) back in your pocket
0: no no don't you don't you try you to do this and, away. No, that is, and then we
1: didn't see you again for the rest of the weekend no just to be clear <laughs> mike is full of lies about what happened at the <laughs> ool conference
0: there what actually happened is i was just using it in front of him
1: mm-hmm. and
0: he asked me about it and i was like oh i don't want to get into it now and then whatever this is, six months later, I still haven't wanted to get into it. I just want to let our listeners know that
1: this has been something that I have been trying to get Gray to talk about for six months now. <laughs> Every now and then. It's just sat in our show document, and I move it in, and then Gray adds a little line that says, I'm not ready to talk about this yet. <laughs> but clearly, some time has healed all wounds. <sighs>
0: Well, no, I mean, mostly it's just that, like, we're getting we're getting up to new iPhone season, so if we don't talk about it, <laughs> like, we'll have wasted a topic, right? That's that's what's that's what's happening. And also, here, right?
1: there'll be like a, a confusion gap when you talk about moving from one phone to the other.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, there'll, there'll be a confusion gap. Okay, so I guess the, I guess the place to start is like, well, what did I what did I do? What was my initial reasoning here? Right? Is this is partly connected to what i was thinking about for year of redirection which now i can't even remember what the hell the original idea what i was going to call it was year of new i think maybe was that what it was I seems think like it was a year terrible of new name. Yeah, yeah which was yeah.
1: the wrong name in every sense
0: yeah the exact opposite of what i was actually intending to do
1: you may as well call it year of more
0: yeah yeah exactly year of more by which i will actually be doing less i right? mean more or less <laughs> right yeah in the year of less, what did I do? More. I did more more than I've ever done. Uh, <laughs> it's like, but you have to understand the way I mean these words, people. Uh, but so anyway, I, looking forward to what I was thinking about doing uh, towards the end of 2016 and throughout 2017. One of the things that was on my list was more traveling in a bunch of different ways. More, More traveling both for personal reasons and more traveling for business reasons. And, uh, that is definitely something that has happened, uh, as I anticipated, like I've been on way more flights in the last six to eight months than I've been on in in the past many years.
1: In the last six months, maybe in the last year, I have seen you more overseas than in London, I think.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You know what? I think you're right. Yeah. I think, I think you are totally right about that. Uh, (laughs) I, yeah, I, I do not think that is an exaggeration. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't always mention it on on podcasts, but it's like I, I've done more traveling than I, than I make reference to. And I, I was thinking about this, and part of my, like one of the big things that's frustrating about traveling for me is a kind of range anxiety about the batteries in the devices that I use.
1: Oh, I feel like so much of my life is just spent around managing batteries.
0: Yeah, and it's it's getting like I, it is really getting worse. Like I feel like I've crossed some kind of threshold where there's just so many batteries to worry about. It drives me crazy. Um, it is by far and away one of my biggest complaints about technology in the modern world. Yep, is battery management uh, and like la- like laying out all my gear and obsessively trying to figure out what's the minimum number of wires that I can take that will cover all of these devices. Uh, and it's 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 frustrating and it's 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 annoying and in particular the device that you do not want to die on you while you're traveling is the phone that is the most important thing that you want to keep alive and basically what i was thinking of is like i wanted to try the iphone 7 with the battery pack because uh since ever since the uh, the iPhone the the first iPhone, was it the 6 or the 6s i don't remember where they came out with the battery pack uh, which i think you actually sh- showed me first on this podcast someone yeah, i think that was you
1: yeah you hadn't seen it
0: yeah yeah that's yeah that's what it was i hadn't seen it yeah and
1: i was expecting abject horror from you but you were, but you were very interested in
0: it yeah i was very interested in it and i was super annoyed they didn't make it for the the 6 plus or the 6s yeah. plus whatever it was at the time so Uh, Ever since that came out, when uh, my wife and I go traveling, she uses her phone with the battery pack. And I've always been hugely impressed by how long her phone lasts, even when she's doing some intensive pokey hunting as we're traveling around the world, right? It's like, (laughs) like, look, look, you got to catch them all, Mike.
1: That was also my fault, I think.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, I was always very interested in that. And I feel like I have terrible luck with iPhone batteries. Like my iPhone... It just, it feels like it never lasts as long as it should. I feel mm, like I yeah. barely use my phone and it makes it through half the day. And if I'm traveling, and I've, I've mentioned this to you, uh, you know, numerous times, like if I'm going to Amsterdam, right? Or if I'm flying, I swear to God, it's like the battery just drops like a rock. And I feel like I'm not touching you. Like I put you in low power mode straight away. I've just left you in my pocket. Like I'm specifically not touching you phone. And it's like, it just, just drops. The battery just drops so fast. It's it's a huge frustration. I have a suspicion that it's related to low signal. That that's what the phone. That's what's causing the problem. Is there's lots of situation where the signal is low and the battery just drops.
1: Yeah, that that is like the the most surefire way to destroy a phone battery, is when it's searching for a, for a network.
0: Yeah, like I'm sitting on a train and I can feel it warm in my pocket. And it's like, yeah. what are you doing, phone? It's like, oh, you're, you're switching cell carriers every every five minutes. Yep. You know, or it's like, just even around London, like even just today, I, I had a, like a very normal morning where I barely used the phone. And I got home at noon and the battery was down to 50%. And I was like, oh, right, but I spent some time in some low signal areas. Like, it's just an endless frustration. And it's particularly bad on traveling. So I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to try to use the iPhone 7 with the battery pack. Because if I'm, if I'm traveling a bunch, this is really important to me to not lose the battery.
1: This doesn't feel like enough.
0: Well, let me, let me just say, like, the thing I've been interested to see is, like, because I've been going to some conferences, I'm aware of, like, how much more the phone really matters at conferences in ways that I wouldn't have expected. Like, it's, it's interesting just to go. Now, you're totally right. Is, is this enough? There's a few other things that have happened. One of the primary things that's happened which I really don't want to get into. Like, I feel like there's so many stories here, but like, I just don't want to get into all of them. So we're going to try to move past some things. But one of them is, one of the big reasons why I moved down to uh, the iPhone SE was also, if you remember, I had taken up running around that time. And running with a plus size phone is like a total deal breaker. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a real pain in the butt to have a plus size phone. Can literally be a pain in the butt. It can literally be a pain yeah. in the butt. Like I'm on my running gear... The only pocket, like the least or the the least uncomfortable pocket, is like a pocket on the back, and then it is literally a pain in the butt.
1: You can't deal with that. That's no, no way to live. No, 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 it is no way to live.
0: So I switched. <laughs> I switched down to the SE because it's like a huge advantage while running, like enormous advantage while running. And I and I was running three times a week. Uh, but again, like story, I don't want to get into. I eventually decided, like I had give running enough of a try and realized, I hate you running. I know, this is not for me.
1: This is no story. You need to explain to me. There is of all physical exertion running is my least favorite. Like I hate running of a passion. There is yeah. I don't understand how anybody enjoys it. My brother just ran the London marathon. Oh wow. And enjoyed it? Yeah. And I don't understand how that is a thing that is possible for a human to to experience. I just can't. I just can't. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so it's like, I wanted to give it a fair try. I felt like I gave it a fair try and could reasonably come to the conclusion that, like, this is not for me. I don't like this. I'm so
1: happy because I really was annoyed that you were running. (laughs) (laughs) I never mentioned it, but I hated it. Yeah, you never... Why why did you hate it? I just felt like of everyone that I know, you would be the person that would also not like running.
0: Well, guess what? You're right.
1: I'm so happy to hear this. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um... So, I, I switched running for the exercise that I vastly prefer, which is cycling. And so, it's like, okay. And so, cycling, like, you're on a bike. It's a whole different equipment setup, right? You have, you, have, you have, like, baskets to hold things. There's Like, you're bringing equipment with you. You have a... Like, it's just a totally different setup. Uh, I and so don't that, like cycling. Well, you know, I can't win to. every time with you, Mike. Yeah, no. But... <laughs> <laughs> so, so, that was a case where, like, the SE, it, it didn't matter so much. And I thought like, I'm going to give, I'm going to give the seven a try. And what I was, what I wanted to also try was if I just use this with the battery pack all the time, right? Not just for traveling. If I just use it with the battery pack, can I get used to the physical size that I don't like? Does the battery pack make it big enough in my hands that it's not uncomfortable to use? And so like that, that's what I wanted. That's what I wanted to try.
1: I still feel like there is an important part of this though.
0: Oh oh yeah, there is oh sorry there is there is one more thing. Okay, there is yeah. one more thing, which I will straight up acknowledge is a a kind of personality flaw with me, but is a thing that like I recognize about myself. And the thing that I recognize is if I am using something and I feel like that thing has no future, i ha- I have a very hard time continuing to use it, okay, and I became more and more convinced that I was just using a dead phone. What about it being
1: old did, was that did that play into it? You were
0: using an old product the The oldness like I know you will think that that is the the factor, but that is very minor factor hmm. it's It's much more that I just kept being convinced like I don't think Apple is ever going to make a phone. In this size again.
1: Okay. So you didn't want to get too used to it again.
0: Th- yeah, that was kind of it. Like I, I love that phone, but it was it just kept niggling in the back of my mind that it's like, well, like this phone is already dead, right? It, it in my hands, <laughs> like I'm just, I'm like a, I'm like a, a sucker holding on to a bygone era, mm-hmm. and. Like this is this is a part of my personality, which again, like sometimes I will recognize that it can be a flaw, and sometimes it is amazing. But it's like I just I cannot look backward. Like I have a really hard time with that. And even if something in the present feels like in the future it will be backward, I'm like no, this is, I can't I can't deal with this.
1: Because you know the whole time I'm sitting here thinking like there is a myriad of battery cases that would fit the iPhone SE.
0: Okay, so. Slight other thing. I had already tried doing a whole bunch of battery cases with the SE. Uh-huh. And all, all of them had various frustrations. And uh, lo- long story short, none of them worked as well as the battery case on the 7. Uh, not not even close. So I used battery cases. I, I had used battery cases on the SE while traveling. And they were better than nothing. But so the, the conclusion of this is like, okay, so I tried these various reasons. I got the 7. I got the battery case. And my experience of it was this battery case is glorious because it finally takes the phone into like what the what the apple watch is where it's like i don't ever have to really think about this as long as i plug it in for some amount of time once in the day i never have to think about what the battery is on this phone
1: and over time that case for me like Now I am used to it, the way it looks when I see it, because initially it was like one of the ugliest things I've ever seen Apple make, Mm because it's like this hump on the back of the phone. Mm -hmm. I have also since held one, Mm -hmm. and it is really a tale of function over form. Mm -hmm. Like It is stupid to have this just like a hump on the back of the phone for mm-hmm. many reasons. I think it looks really weird. And like you put it down on the table and you press something and then the phone literally flips over. Mm-hmm. But when you're holding it in your hand, like you rest your hand kind of around the bump and it actually is really nice to hold. And it doesn't yeah. feel like how a lot of these battery cases feel where you feel like you've doubled the thickness of your phone.
0: Yeah. That, that, that's the that's the other problem is like Apple's using a lot of their own integration and they're able to pull a bunch of tricks, part of which is that they're using the female lightning connector on the bottom, which is a huge win. Again, because of talking about battery management, it's like the number of cables, if I can make the number of cables less, this is a win. It's like if I can avoid a micro USB, that's fantastic. Like I, I don't want to have to have one of these. Yeah, that sucks. It's a, it's a real annoyance. But like I have I have just nothing but tremendous praise for the battery case for the 7. And it, to me, it feels like what the battery of a phone should be, which is I can, even with reasonably heavy use on a travel day, expect that this phone will make it till the end of the day without being plugged in, which I just, I don't feel like that's a lot to ask, but I know that with modern phone design, it apparently is. Yeah, they would do it if they could. Yeah. Everyone wants this.
1: Everybody knows this like but there are they just whatever all funds seem to not really be able to provide it.
0: Yeah. Now th- the other thing which again this is for my personality in particular is I I might overvalue wins that take something off my mental plate. And so feeling like I never have to think about the battery of this phone is such an outsized win in my mind it's it's hard to explain. It's it's the same way like with the you know with the Apple Watch. It's like the fact that I never have to think about this that sometimes I have I have worn a watch for 2 days in a row without even charging it. It's like it's such a win that I don't have to think about it. I I love that and especially with battery management, I totally love it. So on a number of different traveling occasions all of which happened in, in very rapid succession after you saw me in Ireland with seven I was using the seven and I was like this battery case is amazing this this is fantastic this is this is really great but here's the thing Mike I tried so hard I tried so hard to like the size of the seven with the battery case making it a little bigger. But I just couldn't. I just couldn't. I find that size, for me, it is the physically wrong size. It's uncomfortable to use over a long period of time. It's not small enough to use one-handed. It's too small to use two-handed. It doesn't turn sideways so that I can use it two-handed. Oh, my God. It just slowly, slowly drove me crazy.
1: Are you doing what I think you're doing right now?
0: And I I had to let it go. <gasps> And so, you yes. don't you don't know what I'm doing, but I'm using this seven plus now. Yes, because that was the only place to yes. go. Yes, <laughs> I know. I know you're good at, I know you're happy about He's this. He's back to me.
1: This is. I didn't expect it to go this way. No wonder you haven't wanted to talk to
0: me about it. You know what's really funny, Mike? I have used the seven plus in front of you, and you've never noticed
1: because it's the correct natural human being phone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like I have, I have hidden nothing from you. I just there was a couple of times where I was using the, the seven in front of you, and you just you just didn't pick up on it. Uh, so I just I thought that was funny. but but yeah, it's like I, I tried like I have never tried as hard as I tried to really like the seven with the battery case. Like I just I desperately wanted to really like it, but I just I just couldn't get over the physical uncomfortableness of that size for me. and that but this is why like I feel like this is this, this tale of woe. Right? Of like, where am I going in this product line? Their their main product line is like, physically uncomfortable for me. Like, I just don't like it. They have two other sizes, both of which I do like. Like, I still really like the small size, right? I still really like the plus. But but each of these have other disadvantages that their main line of phone doesn't have. So it's just, it's just frustrating. I feel like I don't have a really good home in this line because... I'm using, I'm using the 7 Plus, but that actually doesn't get very much ba- better battery life than the SE did. Like, if you look on the battery life tests, there are many times that the SE actually outperforms the 7 Plus. Because even though the battery is way bigger, the screen's also way bigger, right? Which drains yep. the battery itself. And it's like, I'm back in the same position of, when I'm traveling, having to do the mental management of battery on this phone. And it's, it's just frustrating. Like, I, w- I was on a trip recently, and I was just aware, like, I was out, I was taking a walk, like, in a city, and I was having a really nice time. But I was also aware, like, oh, my phone is down at 5% on low battery mode, and I've thrown it into airplane mode, and I need to make sure that I have enough battery to get me back when I'm done with walking around. Right, And it's like, I hate that. I hate having to pay attention to it. I hate the way that Apple... Does the low power mode where you have to manually turn it on. So if you miss it, like you can burn through the last bit of your battery. Like I just, I find it very, very frustrating. It's like, I wish, I wish they would make a battery case for the bigger phone, but they don't. And yeah, so that's, that's why, Mike, I feel like it's a big tale of woe that is connected to everything in my life. And that's, and that's where we are. But I know that at least you're going to be happy that I'm using the seven plus.
1: There is a lesson to be learned here, Gray.
0: What is that lesson, Mike?
1: That when Mike was right <laughs> he remains that
0: way oh yeah. yeah, is that the lesson to be learned here? Yep I don't know if that's the lesson Mike. I think it is <sighs> <sighs> <laughs> I just you know I just like you know I'm, I'm sure the listeners can hear my voice like i'm I'm genuinely frustrated and this is all the other like big thing this is connected to, which I feel like I barely even want to mention, but it is these rumors that like the next the next iPhone their their flagship phone is going to be the same size as the current 7 and maybe there's another generation of like 7s that's similar and like I just I just feel frustrated with maybe the way that this is going to go like I'm worried about what their next phone is going to be if it's the same size as the 7 so it's, that's that's also why I feel like I might even here just have some kind of stay of execution with the plus size phone I don't know
1: I I really I I struggle to understand why you find that 7 size so uncomfortable though like I just think it's 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 not worth it. I I just figure you may as well go to the top, mm-hmm. right? You know, because I just think it makes the most sense to go with the plus phone over the regular size one. I mm-hmm. just think that you get a lot everything that you get, you get more of, right? Like mm-hmm. I just think that it makes to me just makes so much more sense. But like you seem to have this like real anti like visceral anti reaction to the size of that phone in a Mm -hmm. a way that I don't think I fully understand.
0: I mean, one of the places I feel it the most intensely is with the keyboard. Like, I'm really just aware that the keyboard, when I'm typing, it's just a little too big to comfortably type with one hand. Right. And then when I bring my other hand over, it's it's now too small.
1: Well, I mean, you know, the solace that you may get from this new phone is apparently the screen will be a similar size to the Plus, just in a smaller body. So stuff like that, it might not feel too bad. You'll have more screen real estate to actually use both hands with.
0: I feel like I need to see a, a 7 Plus overlaid on a 7 to understand the relative size of these things. Because like, I've been reading all of the articles about like what, what the new size might be, and I just feel like, isn't it just a taller screen? It's not actually a whole lot wider? And it's like, well, that's not that doesn't help anything.
1: You can actually get this experience now. You can go to a phone store and try the Galaxy S8 similar dimensions. Hmm.
0: I I might actually do that just to just to let my mind rest a little bit about yeah.
1: this. Like there's the the two sizes, they're both like smaller than the iPhones, but they mm. have bigger screens in both of them.
0: Mhm. I I might literally do that. This whole, you there's whole bunch a whole bunch of uh, like Galaxy um pop-up stores all around London. They're everywhere. Yeah, they're yeah, everywhere. It's, it's, they are everywhere to get you to go in and, and try out the phone. Like, you can't, you can't walk around without them.
1: I get scared every time I leave the house <laughs> that I'm going to return home with one. <laughs> it's a real fear that I have. Whenever I go into central London, I'm, I mm-hmm. do my very best to avoid the Carphone Warehouse. I just can't go near it because I see it. I get sucked in. Yeah. The only time I went to look at one and have held one was when they weren't for sale, but they had them mm-hmm. in the stores. I'm like, well, I can't buy one right now. So this is safe. I love that design, man.
0: Yeah, no, it, it looks good. It looks good. But like I said, I just, I'm just concerned. I'm concerned about where this is going in the future. And, and it's just because I feel like I'm, se- I'm sensitive to that size. So I'm, I'm like extra worried. I'm extra worried that, that I've just, again, like bought myself this day of execution. I hope you're happy now, listeners. You have the story.
1: Today's show is brought to you by Dice. Dice has been helping tech professionals advance their careers for over 20 years. They have the tools and insights that you need to give you that edge. Like the Dice Careers mobile app, it's the premier tool to manage your tech career from anywhere. With thousands of positions from top companies, you'll be able to find exactly what you're looking for. What if you're wondering what's next in your career? Dice's career pathing tool will help you learn about new roles based on your job title and skills. They'll even show you which skills you need to help you make that next move. Also, the Dice Careers Market Value Calculator allows you to understand what your skills are worth. You can discover what your market value is based not only on your job title and location, but also based on your specific skill set. Don't just look for a job. Manage your technology career with Dice. Download the Dice mobile app and learn more at dice.com cortex. That's D-I-C-E dot cortex. Thank you so much to Dice for supporting Cortex. I'm really a fan. So now you've been on this, like, vision quest of device to device to device. A trail of sadness. Uh-huh. There is, like, you know, we were talking earlier about this graveyard of ideas. There must be, like, some graveyard of iPhones somewhere. Like, what, what even happened to all of these phones? Are they they like in in use in various ways, playing different sound effects as you move around your house or something. That's, like what? That's are you ridiculous, doing? Mike. Oh, that's ridiculous, right. Mike. Yep, yeah. yeah who course. would have
0: who would have use for three phones? No, nobody. nobody. Nobody would have use for three phones. Now four. On the other hand, the iPhone the iPhone seven went on to someone who could use it. Uh, so that is that is gone. Um,
1: but oh no. The SE... The multi-phone lifestyle. The the SE
0: (laughs) has ended up filling a very interesting role in my life. Now, several shows ago, people were asking, why the hell don't you just use two phones, you idiot? Right? It's like, if if there's things you like about one and you don't like about the other, like, just use two. And my frustration is, there's no way, software-wise to use two phones if you're all in on the Apple ecosystem. Health data is locked to a single phone, and Apple Watches are locked to a single phone. So if you want to try to use two phones, and you're also tracking your health, and you use an Apple Watch, it's just a a total non-starter, because data and notifications are not going to seamlessly move back and forth between the two of them. But i found an interesting, an interesting sort of case that has worked out quite nicely. Because while I've been using the, the Plus, and I do like a lot of the advantages of the Plus, like the bigger screen is nice, particularly for reading ebooks, like it is nice to have that out and about. But the place I didn't like the Plus very much is in the house. Because if I have a phone in my pocket, like it's still a big phone. Whenever you sit down, I'm always really aware of it physically, like in my pocket. And if I would take it out, I would sort of lose it around the house because I didn't remember where I was putting it down. And so I don't have a day phone and a night phone, but I have ended up with a house phone and an outdoor phone. Because here's the thing. When I'm in the house, the 7 Plus sits on a little charger and all of the notifications that I would get from the 7 Plus through my Apple Watch, all of that stuff still works. Like all of the fussy way that I have set up the, the phone to notify me when I want with particular, like with a particular watch setup, all of that still works because the phone is in the house on the Wi-Fi connected to the watch. And then I can just use the SE as a little pocket phone,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? For in the house. And this this is fantastic because now it doesn't take up a whole bunch of space. I can still use it to control all the lights in my house. I can use it to send back a quick text message to someone if I need to. Like all of the the useful stuff that you would use a phone for in your house, I can use little SE for, which I totally love little SE for it. It's perfect for that. So now, now the routine is when I come home, I simply just swap the phones. The 7 Plus goes on the charger and I take off the SE. And the SE is the house phone. And the 7 Plus is the outdoor phone. So I'm still using both of them. And I I, I still really like both of them. Each is adapted to a perfect ecological niche.
1: Now, you gave only two use cases there. So I might need to dig into this a little bit more. You said if I need to send back a quick reply to a message or I need to control Mm -hmm. my lights, Mm -hmm. you can do both of these extremely adequately with your watch. You can use the Home app or the Home complication to control the lights, or you can ask Siri and you can also send canned responses Speak into the watch or draw on the watch to send. Yeah, it.
0: you you can send canned responses, but there's there's tons of st- like I have OmniFocus set up on the little phone. Like I have I have a whole bunch of the normal stuff that I would use. That yeah, works on the watch, but not for entering. Have you ever tried to actually enter something complicated on the watch with OmniFocus? Like good no, luck with that. No. Right. Also the Notes app, which I use all the time to just capture some thoughts. Like there's a tons of stuff that the phone does. Yeah, but like that's useful with a little keyboard. Like the watch is not replacing that.
1: From what you've mentioned. Mm-hmm. me and then the show in the past you don't
0: like live in a manor house uh, no we, we have three rooms <laughs>
1: with the amount of ipads that i know that you own surely there is never a device out of reach
0: there are times when there is a device out of reach like if i'm in the kitchen is particularly the, the case where like there's not an ipad within reach in the kitchen Right, that is, by far and away, the time that is most useful to have the phone there. You need a kitchen iPad. No, no we don't need a kitchen iPad. That's crazy talk, Mike. Oh, okay, right? That's I'm so sorry. That's crazy talk. I've clearly pushed it too far. Yeah, you have pushed it too far. I find it is just more convenient sometimes to have a device in the pocket to respond to certain kinds of things or to make notes of certain kinds of things. So I find it really useful. I, I like it for that. There- there's also a way in which... Um, That little phone I have just set up to be default connected to some of the speakers in our house that I then also just use as like a little podcast machine for when I'm playing podcasts around the house. I really like it as this as this smaller device to just have with me to do a few minor things. And then I don't have to have the big bulky 7 Plus in my pocket when I'm walking around the house all the time. So I'm I'm telling you, Mike, you're thinking I'm ridiculous now. But I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to no, wait until you no, have a house no, phone. No, no, no way. An outdoor phone.
1: Mm-hmm. I followed you down the multi-pad lifestyle.
0: Right. Yeah, you thought that was crazy. Look who's laughing now.
1: No, there is no realm in which... <laughs> no,
0: I really don't think this is going to happen either. No, <laughs> I would just love it if it did.
1: <laughs> I, I like, really don't like any iPhone size other than the Plus. Yeah, and that's So then like I would it. have two... That doesn't make... I mean, I wouldn't have two... Pl- that there's no point, right? Right, yeah. Uh, this, this one... This is a bridge too far for me, this one, I'm afraid. Yeah,
0: this is a bridge too far for just about anyone. I think it should be as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, this is basically me solving the problem of I don't like having the big phone in my pocket, but I also still want a phone in my pocket when I'm in the house.
1: I don't know about this one, Gray. I'm
0: not sold on this. I, again, I am I am genuinely not trying to sell you on this. I know you're not. I am. I am not trying to sell anyone on this yeah. <laughs> just to, just to be clear
1: i can really see why you didn't want to talk about all of this now because yeah. you've had to let me win again with with the superior phone size
0: i'm, I'm, I'm actually it's totally fine having you having you win on this one with the with the big plus mm-hmm. size it's it's just like i feel like this is connected to everything in my like there's so much we haven't even discussed here that I felt like mentally exhausted discussing this at all. <laughs> it's like so many so many rabbit holes we could go down to. Great, we can come back to this another time then. <laughs> no, no. We oh. don't need to go down this again. <gasps> okay. That, that's that's <sighs> I mean maybe we will when the next phone comes out. Oh, I'm sure there'll be a lot
1: there'll be a lot of that come September. Will
0: mm-hmm. there be anything to discuss with a new phone? Surely not. There never Surely is. Not. Surely not. Never is.
1: Let's end our productivity show talking a little bit about America Truck Simulator again. Ooh. <laughs> it's everyone's favorite segment. It's truck time. The point of all work is to drive a pretend truck, ultimately. So it makes sense that at the end of this show, we get there, right? Like, that's, that's it. Listen to the show Stephen wrote in to let me know, I didn't know this, that apparently... There is beta support for VR in American Truck Simulator. Did you know about this? Oh yeah, of course I know about this. I didn't know about this. Apparently it's been around for a while and it's it's pretty buggy, but it does work. Mm-hmm. Now that is a it's just an increasingly more intriguing aspect <laughs> of this game. To be completely immersed in it, you know? Mm-hmm. That, it feels like it's just an added level.
0: Yeah. Look, look, I don't know when, I don't know how, but at some point in some way, I'm going to be driving a, an imaginary truck in VR. Like this, like, this is coming. This is in my future.
1: I sent this to you today. I saw this on The Verge, this, this gaming PC called the Corsair One, which is very intriguing to me.
0: I didn't get a chance to look at this super properly. I, I'm, I'm guessing that it's essentially a Windows PC that's set up to be like a game console. Is that what it is?
1: That's exactly what it is. So it is small and it has oh everything boy. in it and you buy it all in one package. So again, I apologize to all the PC gamers in the audience because I cannot imagine how hard they're rolling their eyes to the idea that this is the PC that intrigues us. Like the one that is created to be not that. Right? Like, yeah. that it is made to be, like, a games console. But this is finally, like, the PC that makes, I think, the most sense for me if I was going to go down this route. Like, it is a PC that is designed, in part, to be put on a desk. Mm-hmm. Like, it is, it is I think, a little bit taller, but similar-ish dimensions to the Mac Pro. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm very intrigued by this, because, like, as I said, like, one of the things that I really didn't want was to have a big box for this stuff. And yeah. this is not going to be the most powerful PC. I get that. But, like, I think that this looks to me, like, I did a little bit of reading about it. It looks to me like the best middle ground mm-hmm. for a lot of this stuff.
0: Yeah, I haven't had a chance to look at it super fully. I'm I'm just glancing at the, at the website now and, and going through some of this stuff. I can say I have not been more tempted by any PC in the last 15 years than this one. Yeah. Right? Like this, this looks like, well, well, well. Hello, Corsair one.
1: Yeah. Cause it looks, the styling is not too much. It looks like a games console in styling. Mm -hmm. But it's just the idea that it is. We've both done this, right? Like we, me and you have spent quite a bit of time just like looking at what is available. In the PC yeah. gaming market, yeah, and my biggest problem is I just don't know what I'm looking for.
0: Building a PC, there's no, there's no way to cut it. Like it's just a bigger deal than buying a Mac, right? Buying a Mac, it's like guess what? You've got a couple options, and you know what just to get. But it's like I remember when I used to build PCs and and buy PCs. It's like you need to know a bunch of stuff, uh, and. This feels like exactly what I'm looking for. It's like, look, I just, you you just make it for me, put it in a cylinder. I want to think about this thing as little as possible, right? Like what I I want to do is be able to turn this on and boot into steam as fast as possible. That's, that is my goal here. And I I don't want to have to have an entire room in my house set up with like a whole other setup. Like this just, this looks really, really tempting, and if it can run VR, it's like well, maybe trucking VR with Corsair One could could be a possibility.
1: And I saw that uh, they're making double trailers. Are you excited about this? Like you can have two trailers attached to a truck.
0: I love that you're. I love that you're following the trucking news, Mike. <laughs> yeah,
1: I I pay more attention to the trucking news than I do play it. I'm just. I I started following the SCS Software Twitter account. Mm-hmm, I yeah. think because they tweeted about you, and I thought that was really funny. Yeah, so I, I yeah, followed they, they, the Yeah, account. they tweeted
0: something about like I got my pizza or whatever when I was playing the game. <laughs> yeah, I think
1: I think you retweeted it or something, and then I saw it and was like, oh, I like these these people. That's cool. <laughs> what I really want them to do, though, is to make an actual multiplayer experience. There are mods, Mm-hmm. like the it looks like there's like this server or something that you can use that there look there are mods for mm. multiplayer games and the reason this interests me is that uh nal on twitter sent us a tweet to uh, that intrigues me greatly about the idea of me and you driving down the road together as a cortex episode like talking over cb radio
0: i feel like this is you just trying to get into my office in a different way mike right no, that's what this that's what this feels the like.
1: multiplayer is not local
0: it's online i know it i know it's not local but something about this feels like the thin end of the wedge right that's that's what this feels like mm. <laughs> we need to LAN party this thing i have great internet yeah see that's exactly it right you know yeah we'll, we'll start remotely like oh it'll be a land party and then it'll be like so where? Are you during the day. That, that's 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 what's going to happen here.
1: I, I I think that that you are taking my innocent, very innocent idea of just wanting to play a video game, you know, and you're turning it into this thing, which is unfair.
0: I, I, I don't think it is unfair. I think I know how your mic mind works.
1: All I want to do is just is just drive a truck with you. I don't think that that's too much to ask.
0: I like driving my truck alone. Right. That's that's, that's what I like. It's. it's well, we're not you know. going to be in the same truck. <laughs> It's a, it's a solitary experience, Mike, mm-hmm. driving a truck across A the solitary desert. experience that you share with thousands on the internet. Yeah, but it's different. They're not driving trucks. I mean, they, some of them are. They could be. <laughs> right? That's actually not true. Some of them are. But, you know, uh, it's... Look, I'm just... I'm trying to just say it's, it's like a, an experience. It's a solitary desert experience that's sometimes shared with a couple thousand passengers. But mostly solitary experience. That's truck driving.